Good evening, everyone. Thank you for coming. Uh, we'll continue with our reading from the Bhagavat Sandarbha of Srila Jiva Goswami. Uh, we're in the 95th Anacheda. We're in the virtues of Srimad Bhagavatam are emphasized in relationship to uh, the most comprehensive understanding of the absolute truth. Uh, we did discuss some of this Anacheda. We'll continue where we left off in the last class. Srila Jiva Goswami continues. Srila Vyas further describes the unique excellence of Srimad Bhagavatam, completing what is lacking in the one-dimensional scriptures of Gyan Marg. Quote, it grants auspiciousness and uproots the threefold miseries. The phrase grants auspiciousness, Shivada, means that it causes one to experience the supremely blissful nature of the Lord. And the phrase uproots the threefold miseries means that it destroys ignorance, their root cause. The unique characteristics of Srimad Bhagavatam that distinguishes it from other scriptures, scriptures related to the Gyan Marg, uh, is that the latter admit no experience in the state of liberation. Interesting point. The Gyan Marg, what's their ultimate objective, is realization of Brahman. What is there to experience in Brahman that has no characteristics because once we attribute characteristics to Brahman that in and that of itself you have difficulty with the definition of what is Brahman. So the Bhagavatam distinguishes it from scriptures that extol the virtues of the Gyan Marg in that there's something to look forward to what do we have under the Brahman realization except we can look forward to not suffering under the modes of material nature? But what positive is there in, in realization of the self as conceived of by those pursuing the Gyan Mark? Their whole, their primary objective is one of elimination, nati, nati. It's not this, it's not that, it's not anything else. When we get to the total nothingness of what it is, there's not a lot to experience there is the point being made. Is that the latter admit of no experience in the state of liberation and therefore liberation of that kind is technically not a purushartha. What is there to strive for? We have different purusharthas, artha, dharma, kama, moksha. And in moksha, what are you really striving for? So is it really moksha in the, in, in the terms of as a purushartha 
where the ultimate is simply Brahman, a, a revelation of the self or understanding the, the higher nature of being independent of the body-mind complex or the more subtle as we as we went over in the last class. I mean, you have the you have the basic tenets of the Vedas are are meant to what? You have the Gyan Marg, which which is there. You have Karma Karma Marg, Upasana. So you have either elevation in in your material situation, Karmkanda section. Upasanda section, an elevation of, of consciousness in that you, one tries to elevate themselves to the mode of purified goodness. And, and then you have Gyan. So these three objectives are there. <clears throat> but Jiva's saying here, technically, if you look at if you look at liberation in relationship to the way it's presented in Shastra and the Gyan Marg, then what what are you striving for in reality? Something to consider if this is your is this is your spiritual aspiration. Not a Purushartha or a substantive reality to be obtained. Bhagavatam, on the other hand, accounts for transcendental experience in the post-liberated state. We have something to look forward to, both in the practice and in the goal, because they're technically the same. Jiva goes on. Furthermore, the cause of attaining these rare goals is not just a wonderful style in which Srimad Bhagavatam is composed, but is in its very nature, Swarup. This is demonstrated by the name of the book itself. Jiva says, Bhagavat means that it establishes Bhagavat. And Srimat means that it has the potency to do so in its essential nature. Just as all the names and other attributes of Bhagavan also inherently contain such potency. The suffix mat, matap, is used to indicate eternal union with or exclusion of the quality to which it is affixed. In this case, to Shri or potency. Hence, by writing Srimad Bhagavat as a compound word, the author has informed us that this is the complete name of the book, such as in the case of a blue lotus. I'm just reading an interesting section in the Brihat Bhagavatamrita where the same thing is is brought out, is and that being that Truly, you can't separate the Supreme Lord from his Shakti. So here, it's it, it's in this it's in the same vein, and the glory of the Bhagavatam is it does extol Bhakti, and Bhakti is coming from 
the queen of bhakti and prem bhakti especially so we can't when we say Srimad bhagavatam shri has a great significance there that really this is the this is the essence of the the potency that grants entrance into a relationship with the supreme so you can't take the shri away from Srimad bhagavatam any more than you can take Radha away from Krishna. It, it's, it's not something that is very palatable. So we're, we're not following Mirbai in this endeavor, but rather we're, we want to be servant to, to Radha. Truly, she's the queen of Vrindavan. Although she'll say it, she's so... Um, makes the point um, that anytime someone says the Bhagavat we should automatically think Sri Mad Bhagavat just like when somebody says Kaviraj our mind automatically adds Krishna Das Jiva continues thus in the Garuda Purana it states, the book containing 18,000 verses is called Srimad Bhagavatam. And the commentator, Sridhar Swami, writes, the book called Srimad Bhagavatam is a divine tree. Therefore, if it is sometimes called just Bhagavatam, we should understand that this is an abbreviated form, just as Satyabhama is sometimes shortened to Bhama. Then there's some... Uh, a point being made by Jiva, although it's subtle, he brings this out. Generally, when we think of the Srimad Bhagavatam and Lord Krishna imparting knowledge of the Bhagavatam, we think of him giving knowledge to Brahma. After Brahma had engaged in austerities for a thousand celestial years, uh, Krishna appeared before him and he spoke seven verses that are given to us in the Bhagavatam, four, refer, four of those verses being the Chatra Sloki. Now in the next Anucheda, which we will get to this evening, Jiva Goswami, he analyzes these verses in detail. But the point being made here is... Jiva is even going so far as to say that the entire Bhagavatam was spoken to Brahma. Now, maybe not at the beginning and maybe not to this, in this particular instance that's relayed in the Bhagavatam, but there's certainly... There's certainly cause for us to believe that the whole Bhagavatam was delivered to Brahma at some time by Krishna. And then, of course, Jiva gives some, some evidence to support this statement, which is not what we find in our Bhagavatam that we, we currently have. This can be kind of gleaned from 
Well, I'll just read what it says here. Sri Jiva, however, on the basis of the Bhagavatam's 12, 13, 19, also hints that Krishna spoke the complete book. The verse says that the Lord revealed this, I am, book to Brahma. The pronoun I am refers to the complete book. Since the cycle of creation is beginningless, it is possible that at some time the Lord revealed the four seed verses of Srimad Bhagavatam and in another the complete book. So it's an interesting aside. That, uh, and then, of course, we accept Srila Yasudeva as an incarnation of the Supreme Lord. But here, what Jiva is speaking about is Krishna directly speaking the entire Bhagavatam. The Anacheta goes on to extol the virtues of, of the Bhagavatam to the extent that there's really no need for any other book it in and of itself. And if we look, if we look really at what are the core literatures of our tradition, the Gaudiya Vaishnavkan tradition, we find that the Bhagavatam is the is the sun, if the the sun around which <laughs> people have different ideas about the universe and whether it's geocentric or heliocentric, but uh, I'm not going to go into those. <laughs> but let's let's take the heliocentric idea. So Bhagavatam is the sun around which all the other literatures. The bhakti shastras that we we dedicate our our lives to studying and 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 uh, relishing uh, is around the sun of the Bhagavatam. We'll use sun as as the center, uh, just because the Bhagavatam itself refers to the Bhagavatam as as the sun. But we look, we look to we look to the writings of Jiva or San Rupa, Sanatan Goswami, all the great commentaries, all the books, you know, the supporting books. Uh, accepting the books, uh, extolling the you know the pastimes of Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, practically everything that we dedicated dedicate ourselves to is is based primarily on what's presented in the Srimad Bhagavatam. It's just an elaborate purport on what's there in the Bhagavatam, an unfluffing of the content of the Bhagavatam more and more for its edification. There's a statement in the uh, Bhagavat Mahatmya. O Sonika, after studying the multi- scriptures I've sh- I have shared with you the topmost secret this is the essence of all scriptures in this world there is nothing more purifying than these pastimes narrated by Sri Sukadev therefore if you wish to experience transcendental bliss drink this nectar in the form of 12 cantos 
The question could be understood as follows. This is in regards to arresting Krishna in the heart simply by desiring to hear the Bhagavatam. Does the Supreme Lord Bhagavan become immediately arrested or established within the heart as a result of hearing any other scripture or by following any other spiritual practices, sadhanai, recommended by them? The word va in this question, kimva, is used ironically to indicate that if at all this may happen, it can occur only after a long delay. On the other hand, here, in the case of Srimad Bhagavatam, the Lord is captured in the heart at the very moment what simply desires to hear it. Well, a question may now be raised, because that's a pretty profound statement, that someone simply having a desire to hear the Bhagavatam can immediately rest, arrest the Lord by arrest, we mean put him in the prison of our home, our heart, <laughs> like a prisoner. <laughs> He's arrested. He can't go. He can't leave. Which is good for us. <laughs> now we have to make it good in our heart for him. <laughs> That's also implied. He's not a normal prisoner. As, as he showed even his mother, he couldn't be bound up. <laughs> so, a question may now be raised. What is it then that, that, why is it then that everyone does not hear or study this book? Because it's a pretty profound, I mean, if you could do that. Well, it's not a question of if, is it? It is, it's written that that's what happens. So why isn't everybody just out, you know, buying the Bhagavatam and just just wanting to have it? I mean, Prabhupada went so far if they just put it on their bookshelf, they get the same benefit of reading it. So that's the same concept because you wouldn't have given that Hare Krishna on the street money to take it home if you didn't have the intent to, to read it. Or maybe you were given the intent temporarily, momentarily, in an in a, in a instant, some devotee inspired you enough to, for you to open your purse or your wallet and hand some money. <laughs> by hook or by crook, you took the book. <laughs> so, so there was some there that even the desire to read the book, so Prabhupada expressed that in his own words, even having it on the, in the home, the same benefit is there. So the same, that's, we can see it that way also. Why is it then that everybody does not hear or study the book? Because that's, that's a pretty, that's a pretty profound statement. And it, I mean, if you possess God, what is there you don't possess? I mean, everything's included. It's all inclusive. In answer, the verse says that the inspiration to do so arises in the virtuous. Kriti B. The import is that without some special merit, the desire to hear 
Bhagavatam does not manifest. Well, what's that merit? We would want to have that, I would think. So that's also given. Two qualities together indicate Satyamparam, truthful, completely truthful, and the other quality is Namatsaram. There has to be no envy. So, well, we don't have these qualities. So then what hope is there to, uh, to to hear the Bhagavatam or to speak of a rest of the Supreme Lord just by having a desire to hear the Bhagavatam. Namatsarana. So, um, that's why, and it'll come out in this next Anucheta, that the Bhagavatam is approached for those people that aren't fully pure now through a practice of sadhana. And that sadhana clears the anarthas that would stand in the way of fully hearing the Bhagavatam and immediately attaining the result. That will be brought out a little bit here. The mention of these two qualities together indicates that freedom from the tendency to devalue other beings Nirmatsara is correlated with the vision to perceive the value, the truth of underlying essence of all beings, Satam. So there's a correlation there that the envy and seeing the truth, seeing the truth means seeing everyone in relationship to the supreme truth and they all therefore have value there's no living entity that doesn't have value and this is a transcendental vision which the material viewpoint works in direct opposition to Sujiva Goswami comments that nimatsara also indicates compassion in other words, we shouldn't kill other living entities, so that's like a given. If they have value, that's, that's not being there. So, completely truthful, devoid of a cheating propensity. Let's explain further. Jeeva goes on in this Anucheta. This is so, because the Lord is held only momentarily in the heart of those virtuous persons who have attained I'm sorry, let me read this again. This is so because the Lord is held only momentarily in the heart of those virtuous persons who have attained fulfillment Kritartha owing to the grace of the bhakti that ensues from these other practices. Again, We've gone over this, but it just goes to emphasize that any other success on any other spiritual path, artha, dharma, kama, moksha, 
has to be blessed by bhakti. So the Lord's there momentarily. And again, we are reminded of what Vishwanath has to say about that. That, boy, what, what a shame it is that that momentary arresting of the Lord, or not even arresting of, of having his darshan, of being blessed in some way by his personal form that allows others' spiritual practice to be successful. Why don't they just stay there? I mean, wow, that has to be overwhelming. The same Lord, however, becomes permanently established in the heart from the very moment they merely desire to hear Srimad Bhagavatam. So both are getting darshan, but one is one is permanently fixed. It may some take some time to completely manifest, but that's the grace of bhakti. And the grace of bhakti is the Srimad part of Srimad Bhagavatam. Therefore, Srimad Bhagavatam is superior to all other scriptures because it explicitly reveals the secret of the three divisions of the Vedas, karma, jnana, and upasana. The more and more practically, because it embodies the knowledge that attracts the Lord. The knowledge of praying. Because of this, the term Atra here in this book has been emphasized three times. Therefore, this book alone is to be heard and studied by everyone at all times. This is the essence. The word Sushushubi in this in the verse under discussion is also very important. It means those who desire to hear Srimad Bhagavatam. The implication is that the topmost goal, which is not available through any other process, even after it has been perfected, can be had merely by desiring to hear Srimad Bhagavatam. Again, just extolling the virtues of, of the Bhagavad Purana. Anucheta 96. Anucheta 96 is broken up into seven parts. So we will begin tonight to go through this one. And what it is, it's uh, the two verses leading up to the Chatra Sloki are analyzed then the four verses of the Chatra Sloki and then uh, the final blessing. So two of the verses are blessings. Uh, the second of the seven verses, which is a blessing upon Lord Brahma, then the Chatra Sloki is delivered and uh, then the final verse is also a blessing for Brahma. In the following Anucheta, Srila Jiva Goswami will explain how the four seed verses of Srimad Bhagavatam are also related specifically to Bhagavan 
and not to unqualified Brahman. So we can see Jiva is not straying from this point. I want to make this point perfectly clear when we talk about the topmost conception, even because you have to understand there are other transcendentalists, the Brahmavadis, who read the same scriptures as the Vaishnavs and they come away from them through their commentaries, through their discourses, through their study with a different understanding. And this is prevalent in spiritual societies and jivas his whole pre, his whole presentation is to make it clear to us that through i mean he's the best logician of his day of his time he's proving that you can't reasonably present these other conclusions if you really truly and deeply study the scriptures it's simply word juggly so we will find in this anucheta he delivers the same kind of pointed detailed explanation fully substantiated by Praman of the scriptures that these other explanations that lead to of the Advaitins that lead one to believe that the Chatur Sloki is really referring to Brahman and not the personality of Godhead not the personhood of the Absolute but rather the impersonal feature as being the topmost which is what Vishnu spoke to Brahma at the beginning of creation was about his impersonal feature. So there's a class of transcendentalists who, who think that was the conclusion. Well, here's the arguments to defeat that class of transcendentalists. And if you're not in the business of defeating them because you're not really in that then defeat those concepts those anarthas those misconceptions which may plague your personal spiritual progress understand the per if you if we can understand and comprehend the personhood of the absolute then our spiritual life will become there's so much more to be had there than a spiritual life that's simply based on elimination of the material miseries. Material miseries is the secondary result. Comes in the very beginning of sadhana bhakti. There's six characteristics of pure devotional service. Elimination of, of, of kleshagna is, is, is at the very beginning and some auspiciousness 
Is that the end of it? It's like Brahman right there, right? The Brahmavadi wants to what? He wants to eliminate material miseries and he wants to have all good. So, Kleshagna, Subhada. But then we come to that's devotional service and practice. Then there's devotional service and ecstasy. And what do we have? We have performance of devotional service. Pure devotional service immediately puts one in transcendental enjoyment. And this gradually manifests in the sadhika at the stage of bhava this devotional service and ecstasy. And the reminder is, and it's very rarely attained. So it's, it's, it comes only through, bless, through the blessings of the bhakta. And then, if the, then, Rupa Goswami goes on in his Bhakti Rasamrita Sindhu to say devotional service in, in pure love of God. And the characteristics manifest that it's the only way to satisfy him is this pure devotional service. There cannot, and it has to be based upon this beginning part of the Bhagavatam, it all ties back together. You have to be completely honest and there cannot be the, the envy that would stand in the way of, of, of prog progressing to the purest platform of our existence. So it's the only way to satisfy Krishna and if you get that you defy liberation you have no desire for liberation so let's put this next Anucheta in some perspective here in the previous section the Anucheta we just completed Jiva Goswami praised Srimad Bhagavatam because it establishes Bhagavan as inclusive of and transcending Brahman because it directly attracts the Supreme Lord and because the Lord originally spoke it. Sukadev spoke Bhagavatam after his heart had been captivated by hearing just a few of its verses. His subsequent experience, which entailed shifting the context of already liberated awareness from Brahman realization to devotion to Bhagavan. I mean, he switched his whole perspective it turned his spiritual life upside down, basically. He was already, I'm a Jeevan Mukta, I have no attachment to material life, I just live in myself, I'm fine, this is great. Then all of a sudden he hears a few verses from the Bhagavatam and his heart's put in turmoil. Oh my gosh, there's a whole other spiritual world out there for me to explore. I mean, imagine, this is, ex now it's, now my spiritual 
realization has become exciting. Let me study the Bhagavatam. Let me go back home. I ran away from home. Now I'm going to run back to home. I ran away from family. Now I don't care about family. Family as far as, as being an impediment to my spiritual life. It, it, it changed his whole perspective. His subsequent experience had shifted his whole thing. Has been cited as an indication of the superiority of Bhagavan over Brahman. So it is certain that he, if anyone, realized the potency of Srimad Bhagavatam. This naturally implies that the four original seed verses of Srimad Bhagavatam, which constitutes its nucleus, present the conclusion that, that the highest potentiality of consciousness being of conscious beings culminates in pure devotional service to Bhagavan. This will now be discussed in the present Anucheda. Jiva's just, I mean, in this Anucheda, he's going to, again, now I've shown you that the Bhagavatam, the virtues of the Bhagavatam and the fact that the Bhagavatam is all about Bhagavan. And now let's look to the core of the Bhagavatam and we'll also contend with any pesky little ideas that others have put forward that the essence of the Bhagavatam, those four, four verses, really refers to Brahman. No, 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 Jiva says. Not, we're not going to have any of that. And that's what this Anucheda is, will contend with. Jiva goes on, the 96th Anucheda. This excellence of Srimad Bhagavatam, which, by which it includes and surpasses the truth accessible through other paths, accords too with the experience of Sri Sukadev. Therefore, Bhagavan alone is the subject depicted in the four seed, four seed verses of Bhagavatam also. The Lord most certainly taught about himself while expounding direct knowledge concerning him and three other topics related to him. Before instructing the great devotee Brahma in his own scripture named Srimad Bhagavatam, he first introduces the four primary subjects that, we, that will be found therein. So this is the, there's two lead-up verses that Jiva Goswami has included in his presentation here regarding the Chatur Sloki. So this is the very first. So there's this verse and then the next verse, which is a, a blessing to Brahma. And then the Chatur Sloka verses themselves will be discussed. And then a final blessing. So the first verse Receive from me, this is Krishna is talking to Brahma, receive from me this most confidential knowledge regarding me, jnana, which includes its realization. The knowledge itself is so potent that there's realization in the knowledge, which includes its realization, vigyan, its mystery, rahasya, 
the confidential portion of this knowledge is Ras, Prem Bhakti. And its component part, Anga, if you don't immediately taste Rasa, then there's an Anga available, Sadhana, that will bring you to the place where you can relish the nectar that's presented in the Bhagavatam. So this is an introduction that, that, that Krishna is giving to Brahma these, with these four components. Knowledge regarding me, realization of me, experiencing me directly, tasting the sweetness of a relationship with me, and eliminating any impediments that you may have to tasting that relationship with me. As I enunciate it to you, in the first, now we're talking about this first verse, Krishna promises to instruct, instruct Brahma in four topics. In the second, he blesses him, in the second of the seven verses, he blesses him that he will attain complete knowledge about himself. These two introductory verses are followed by four verses that comprise the Chatra Sloki. And finally, the Lord blesses Brahma to remain fixed in his service in the seventh verse. The entire seven verses will be explained in this Anucheda. The Lord begins by naming the four items that he will describe, Gyan, Vigyan, Rahasya, and Tadanga. Gyan means discursive knowledge about the Supreme Lord, extensive. All, I'm going to explain it all. Won't leave anything out. This is my nature. Vigyan means realized knowledge of the same. Rahasya means praying bhakti and tadanga refers to sadhana bhakti. Jiva goes on. The Lord is saying, accept this knowledge, which is the ascertainment of the factual conclusions through words as enunciated by me, Bhagavan. The import of Krishna's statement is that no one else knows this truth because it is supremely confidential, embodying the highest mystery beyond even that of brahma Gyan, as indicated in the verse, such as verses such as O great sage, among many millions who are liberated and perfected in knowledge of self, one whose being is established in unadulterated peace and who is fully devoted to Sri Narayan is most rare to find. Also in the Gita we find a similar verse. Accept this knowledge together with its realization, Vigyan, which is included therein. Not only that, receive this knowledge along with its secret meaning, Rahasya, which is embedded therein. This secret meaning is unalloyed devotion, 
in unconditional love, praying bhakti, as will be revealed later on. Moreover, accept also its component part, anga, sadhana bhakti, accept, accept that also. This knowledge alone, however, will not quickly disclose vigyan and rahasya if, extract, if, if obstructed by offenses. Aparad. Therefore, accept also the component part which acts as a support for that knowledge. This support refers to devotional service in the stage of practice in the form of hearing and so on, as will be discussed further on. Or the term sarahasya, with its mystery, is to be read as an adjective of tananga, its component part, as they enhance each other and remain together like bosom friends. So, I mean, our sadhana and our relishing of the taste of a relationship with the Supreme, those Jeevas saying go together like bosom friends, especially in the beginning of the sadhika's practice. Any questions? You were sharing it with us so enthusiastically. And that's because I'm in good company. All right, then. We'll call it an evening. I thank you very much for your association. <laughs>